We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It's your Saturday crew. I'm Jason Perrone of Game on Wisconsin, the Pack-A-Day, Pulse of the Pack, and the Quick Slants podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express and Game on Wisconsin and Pulse of the Pack, of course. Mark, how are we doing out east? Doing fine, doing fine. Weather a little rain again, though. It's two, two, weekend, two weeks in a row, I have to tell you that it's we're getting some rain. Rained all day today. Mm. It keeps me off the beach. No, that, that's not a good thing. Yeah, you sound like you're in pretty good spirits for not having done <laughs> your fine. usual, yeah, your normal I'm walk on the. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, it gave me more time to, to prepare for our, our show tonight. Ah, wonderful. We actually have some stuff to talk about. Paul, the, the weather report from Wisconsin at this time of year is always worth a listen because, as you know, fall and the transition into winter, which I know we're not close to winter yet. I won't say that too loudly. Is is always exciting. So, are we on the cooler side of things, or is or did you get an Indian summer? Well, I don't want to make you guys jealous, but we got a little heat wave going up here Ooh. right now. Hit seventy nine today, and Ooh, 80, wow. eighty on Saturday. There you go. So, it's beautiful. Excellent. That's, that's wild. That's yeah. warmer than it is here. I mean, we're like seventy seven and rainy. That, yeah, that's yeah. We're is... not at the beach though up here though. That's true. <laughs> 
if you are, you're either in Milwaukee or I guess I don't know. Is there any is there any like beach areas up there in the bay? Uh no, you don't no. <laughs> the, the, close, the close part of the bay obviously connects to the Fox River and you don't want to be swimming in there. Right. I just realized that I spend ninety nine point nine percent of the time that I am in Green Bay close to Lambo, so I've never really explored that section of the the locale but all right so everybody's doing well hopefully the sun comes out and gives mark some time at the beach this weekend but (laughs) all right so speaking of rain clouds as always on saturday we talk about the injury reports for both teams so the big news that came out on friday was head coach packers head coach matt lafleur said that Devontae adams receiver Devontae adams is probably doubtful to play on Sunday, and he is officially listed as doubtful. Did not practice this week. Uh, I'll just list the names, guys, and we'll go through them. Randy Ramsey is doubtful again, although he did practice in limited fashion. Josiah DeGuara is also listed as doubtful, so this looks like looks to be a, a second week in a row that we will not see the H-back Josiah DeGuara. And then Elton Jenkins made his way onto the injury list with what is being described as a rib-slash-back. He is questionable. Uh, sounds like he's got a good chance to play and some good news Kenny Clark returned to practice that is the good news he's listed as questionable the bad news would be of course he rushes himself back and he gets hurt again but guys obviously Devontae Adams is the big name on this list now I know on the Saints side Michael Thomas their star wide receiver is out so I guess I don't know if you could call that a wash but Mark, we'll start with you. Devontae Adams is out we know that the rest of the wide receivers are absolutely not Devontae Adams so, how do the Packers get some things going in the passing game without him? Well, you know, the the bright side of it is they did go 4-0 without him last year, mm-hmm. right? Which is still shocks me to, to know it, that they were able to somehow. Uh, and be, I think they beat three of those teams were pretty good teams, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. they have proven they can win without him. Um, it's not going to be easy. And especially, you know... My hope was, okay, if Adams is out, but if, if DeGuar is back, then, you know, you use the, you know, and we saw what the Raiders did to the Saints last Monday night, which was use a lot of backs and tight ends and, and you know, beat them that way. Well, DeGuar would have been a, a nice weapon to have against that Saints defense. With, if, if they're both out, I guess Sternberger has to really pick up his game because he hasn't played well the first two weeks. Tanyan, who did play okay last week, you know, will will have to be a factor, and then MVS and and Lazard obviously have to have to step up. Um, but it's, you know, and they're going to run the ball. I mean, obviously, Aaron Jones has to be, you know, has to. I don't think he could replicate what he did last week. Or, you know, asking him to you know have two hundred total yards again is a lot. But um, you know, they got to run the ball more. Maybe um, it's not going to be easy though. You, it's it's hard to lose. You know, two of your top five players you know offensive weapons and and still be you know the same team yeah it's going to be tough sledding for sure Devontae Adams is just not he's a top five receiver in the league in my opinion so if he goes down you're automatically not replacing him unless you have another top five guy on your on your roster but then chances are that guy's already a part of the game plan and you still have a hole in your game plan so Paul I'm sure you would echo that with Adams being out. But any other ways that you see the Packers offense 
getting getting going and maybe to kind of piggyback off of what Mark said, the Packers would be wise to try to run the football. Do you think that this is an area where they can have some success against the Saints defense? It's going to be tough. The Saints have been very good against the run. Obviously, we're heading into week three. It's a small sample size. But through the first two games, they're only giving up 3.41 yards per carry. And they, I mean, they went against Josh Jacobs last week in Oakland. He's a heck of a running back in his own right. So and expectations heading into this game for Packers fans is I don't necessarily know that we're going to see the offensive explosion that we have been just because the Saints have solid secondary. They have a pass rush that can get after the quarterback. So first true test and like I said running the ball is going to be tough but I mean Aaron Jones is one of their playmakers or without Devontae Adams he is their playmaker so whatever you have to do you have to get the ball in his hands whether it be in the run or in the passing game somehow um, and just to, just to highlight how the, some of the Packers pass catchers did last year without Adams Jones in that four four game stretch 22 catches 20 on 27 targets for 280 yards three touchdowns Lazard, 12 catches on 14 targets, 149 yards and a touchdown. MVS in two of those weeks, the other two admittedly, um, he was a non-factor. But four catches on five targets for 181 yards and a touchdown. So the Packers have, and those both Lazard and MVS are off to excellent starts this season. So, And obviously they're going to have to step up in this week compared to what they have been. But there's going to be plenty of pass catching options between those two, the tight end options and the running back options in the passing game that the Packers do have. But to what Mark said with Sternberger and Tanya, I think those two can be X factors in this game. Sternberger's got to hold on to the football. But the Saints this year, and these numbers, once again, small sample size, they're a little inflated because of what Darren Waller did last week against them. Yeah. But the Saints have given up 20 receptions on 28 targets to tight ends this year for nearly 200 yards or two touchdowns. I think those two can be X factors in this game without Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think so too. Mark, you made a good point. The Packers, I almost think, you know, tell me if you agree with this. It's almost like the Dallas game last year. I didn't feel great going into Dallas with no Devontae Adams. And they, the Packers stepped, a lot of guys stepped up and played big roles. I think Channon Sullivan had a pick in that game. Will Redmond got a pick. Aaron Jones ran all over the place on the road. So it's it's not impossible. And then because he had to, Alan Lazard broke out and became what he is. Now, let's just remind everybody, and we've said it on our show here, Alan Lazard is not Devontae Adams, and, and I think he's your he's an ideal number three wide receiver. I think even a, even a number two receiver for Lazard and just the skill set that he brings – is probably a little bit of a reach. But hey, if he wants to to exceed and be that this week, the Packers will take it because they're going to need it. Marcos Valdez-Scantling, just real quick around the horn here, because he's been such an up-and-down guy this season. Had a nice catch over the middle. I mean, we know he can run the deep ball and catch the deep ball, but he had a nice catch over the middle, held on to the football, and maybe he's going to start to calm down and, and all those hugs and pats on the back on the sideline from Aaron Rodgers are going to kind of calm him down a little bit. Mark, are you feeling any better about MVS? I know he's struggled a little bit these first couple weeks with some drops, but if he has to be that number two, number three guy this week for the Packers to get a victory, do you feel any better about his yeah. what he can do? Yeah, I'm not, I mean, yeah, yeah, listen, drops are terrible. And, you know, you don't, it's, it's a, you know, it, it ends drives, it, 
it puts you in a hole, whatever. Yeah, you don't want to drop pass, especially when you're open. Um, but I know I'm I'm not down on MVS. I, I mean, he has that burning speed, and you can't teach that. I mean, you, you know, I mean, he's a guy that can get deep. He, he has gotten deep. Uh, Rodgers has seen, even though even with the drops, he's gone back to him after the drops. So um, he's got to be a factor. You know, here's a guy, you know, there's a guy the Packers had who turned out to be a pretty good player, but early in his, in his career had a lot of drops. And that's James Jones. Yep. I don't know if you guys re- remember that or not, mm-hmm. but his first couple of years, it was like, oh, my God, you know. Um, and, and, and in some big games and some key situations, he would drop it. And you wanted to say, like, oh, my God, this guy, what's he, he killed? But then, you know, he got over it and became a very good wide receiver. So, um, and, 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 he, and he didn't have MVS's speed either, so. But there's a guy that we that we haven't mentioned yet who I think could be a factor with Adam. If, again, you know, he's, he's, he didn't list him as out. He listed him as doubtful. So there's still a slight possibility Adam maybe gets a, a miraculous healing on on Saturday and he, and he plays tomorrow. But um, Tyler Irvin could be a factor in this game mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I could see some maybe some of those uh, jet sweeps that we saw the first week. Uh, they ran that a lot last week. They just didn't give him the ball. He he came on the sweep, but the play went the other way. Um, I could see Irvin getting, you know, somewhere five, six touches maybe, either on a jet sweep, a little swing pass to him. Um, he's the kind of guy that could that they could use to exploit some of the weaknesses in the Saints defense that, that the Raiders did last. I mean, the Raiders the Raiders moved the ball up and down the field. I mean, they they, they scored some points on the Saints Monday night. Yeah, they did. They look pretty good. And if you get misdirection going on and you can kind of slow that front down a little bit, because that's Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport. Now, Davenport's listed as questionable with an injury, and right. he's he's a guy that a couple years ago was was mocked quite a bit to Green Bay, and he ended up going to the Saints, and I think the well, Saints the Saints ended up drafting him because of the, the trade with the Packers, right, when they moved right. up to, yep. to, to grab Davenport. So if, if you can – Creates just get gain yourself a half a step or another step where the defense is just for a, a tick going the wrong direction, and you can move the ball. I think this is one of those weeks too where if they can't establish their their big plays or they're not getting the offense in rhythm, they're going to want to try to find a way to just keep the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands and on, on offense and move the sticks and just control the clock like they did in Week One and try and keep the Saints off the field. I'm not. Alvin Kamara is obviously a huge weapon for the Saints, and he's the type of back that has historically been problematic for the Packers. I know this isn't injury-related, but this is a week where if when you've got a guy out like Devontae, where you need your other stars to step up, and I'm looking at you, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, and saying, look, wake up in week three and decide that you're not going to let the Saints do the obvious to try to wreck this game, which is just give the ball to Kamara 25, 30 times and let him just destroy this game. And I, I would, I would hope. I mean, I assume you guys would agree that that's that's great if that happens. But to me, that just that seems to be a way that it's not finding another wide receiver, but it's a way on defense that you you, you know, we need your stars to kind of step up and and mitigate some of those potential losses from Adams because. As soon as the ball is snapped and Devontae Adams is on the field, he's open. His footwork is just that way. He's open, and they're not going to have that in this particular week. So Tyler Irvin has – man, it, it was that was an interesting situation this offseason because they, um, you know, they brought him back, and then they're working him out at, 
at wide receiver, and you know everyone thought of, of him as a running back and a return guy, but he's proven to be very versatile and, and one of those really sneaky good pickups that we could still be talking about five or six years from now. Hopefully he's with the team, but if he's not, when we're talking about, hey, remember that great 2019 and 2020 season? You everyone remember Tyler Irvin? And everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, that guy was great. He was a great pickup for the Packers, and he came off of the Jacksonville Jaguars scrap heap last year. So as far as the other guys here uh, on the Saints side, we kind of listed a few. Michael Thomas we talked about. Now, Thomas was in Green Bay this past week visiting with Dr. Robert Anderson to get an opinion on his foot slash ankle. He's got a sprain, and so he will not play this week. And it's kind of Packers versus Saints light. You know, you, you don't mind the other player's best team not playing or best player not playing because you want your team to win, but the fan in you that wants the entertainment factor also kind of misses out a little bit. But David Onyemata, I think I'm pronouncing that correct. He's one of their defensive tackles who's listed as questionable. I mentioned Marcus Davenport. Trey Hendrickson, questionable. He's a backup defensive end. And former Green Bay Packer, Ty Montgomery, the running back slash receiver, is also listed as questionable. So I I guess as far as the injury report goes, guys, that's 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 the list right there. And then we were talking about the crowd situation too, and I, I guess I thought there was going to be more fans in the stands, but the Packers are really lucky here early in the season that they've gotten a couple of road games in really tough venues before fans are allowed to filter back into the stadium. Mark, uh, any memories or stories of covering games in the Superdome or or like how loud is it in person? Because I have never been there. And Paul, I don't know if you've, you've ever been there either. It's, I have it's not. Loud. All domes are loud. It's not, the, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as, the loudest dome I was ever in was when the Rams were playing in St. Louis. Um, the Eagles played the NFC Championship game there, um, and I was warned. I was warned, it, it, you know, that's when the Rams. That was the greatest show on turf, Rams. You know, so the you know the fans were pretty excited about them, and that was almost painful, to be honest with you. I mean, like I, it, your ears actually hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints. Um, it's, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It, it'll get louder. That that dome will get loud. All domes get loud because it's a dome. It's the, 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 the sound vibrates. Um, but in terms of, you know, I, I, I'm trying to remember now because the Eagles back when 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 when, when they played the Saints on the road there when I was covering them, the, the Eagles kind of did well in New Orleans then. So they kind of, you know, if, if the home team's behind, it kind of takes the crowd out of the game a little bit. Um, but no, you, you, it's been, it, it's a, it's a good, it's good. I'm, listen, I'm happy there's not going to be a, a bunch of Saint fans, you know, making noise and, um, I'm sure the Packers are as well, just like the Viking game, the same, the same thing. So, and, but again, it worked the other way too. There were no fans in Lambeau last week to bother the Lions. So it's, it all evens out. It does even out in a way too. And Paul, what's your, what's your take on the, the, the simulated crowd noise? It's just such a non-factor. It's like, if you're going to do it. Then, then why not make it try to matter? But it's just so in the background. You know what? What? What's been your take through the first two weeks? I mean, from watching at home, you don't notice it. And Lafleur said after the Vikings game that they had actually been playing it louder in practice than what it was in the at US Bank Stadium. So I can't imagine that it's much of a factor, and it certainly helps out the road team, especially when you have the Packers and Aaron Rodgers under center with his hard count. I mean, we saw it in Minnesota and hopefully, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of people in attendance in new Orleans that should make a real difference. So hopefully we can see him get some 
additional free plays and five yards here and there with that. But to me, it's been a non-factor. Yeah, Talk no. about that, the, uh, the uh, pumped-in crowd noise. Yeah. To me, it, it kind of hits home a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw it or heard about it, but in Philly last week, they actually pumped in booze. <laughs> they really did. Fitting. I'm not making that up. They, the, Eagles were, the Eagles were playing awful against the Rams, and they actually pumped in booze. <laughs> with, they kept it authentic at least right yeah, that's, <laughs> was that do you think that was ownership is that just kind of hey like their tough love over there or what's what's i mean I, it is very fitting for philly yeah i mean I, I don't i don't know who's who uh decided to do it but it was kind of it was appropriate because if there were fans there they would have been booing the eagles i mean i know that i mean they were awful last week against the rams and um they they heard what they would have normally heard <laughs> Yeah, some teams. If they lose str- to the Bengals this week, it's going to be even louder. Booze. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's some teams have gotten off to a tough start this season, but the Packers are not one of them. And well, again, I think we got to mention. Don't we have to mention a little bit of Michael Thomas not being out? I mean, that's that's as big a loss to the Saints as Adams is to the Packers. It's big. Yeah, it's it's really big. And this is uh, one of those one of those things that Jacob Westendorf, our founder over at Game On Wisconsin, and a colleague of Mark's over Packer Report wrote this week about. The, the difference in what seems to be the popular narrative between Saints and Saints fans with regards to Drew Brees and the team's success rate and Aaron Rodgers and Packers fans and the Packers' success rate. And, and it just seems like the Packers and Rodgers get chastised for wasting Rodgers' prime and all that stuff that you hear. and then But Brees and the Saints don't necessarily get the same shade thrown at them, even mm. though both teams have been to the same number of Super Bowls. And now you've got a 41-year-old Drew Brees who's going to be playing without his his top weapon. Mark, do you think this could be an oppor- a situation where he gets exposed a little bit for his declining skills and now you don't have your, your main guy out there? I'm not going to go that far. I don't want to rip Drew Brees. But, yeah, he's not going to have his – I mean, you hit it earlier. They're going to give the – Alvin Kamara is going to get the ball 20 sometimes. And the Packers have to stop him. Um and, and uh, that scares me, especially if Kenny Clark isn't playing or isn't 100%, because I don't know what the Lions were thinking about last week. They ran the ball well early, and they just, all of a sudden, I, I know the Packers gave him a little bit of an eight-man look, but you know what? I mean, that was just dumb. That was a dumb game plan by the Lions. To, they just started throwing the ball every down, and the Packers said, okay, thanks. <laughs> we'll get after you a little bit. And, you know, I don't, I don't understand what the Lions – I was, I mean, I watched that game last week, and those first two drives, I was like, "Oh, Jesus, this is going to be, this is going to be awful." And they, the Packers did not stop the run last week until the Lions stopped running it. So, I mean, I think the Saints are going to come out and say, "Stop Alvin Kamara." You know, that's how, that's how they're going to make up for the for the loss of Michael Thomas, who, 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 by the way, I, you know, I, I, I like to think I'm, I'm right a lot about different players and different situations. Right. I was wrong about Michael Thomas coming out. I thought he'd be a an okay player, you know, you know, okay receiver, maybe maybe a little better than average. Man, he's really become. He's talking about top five. He's right there. I mean, right, he's probably top. I mean, some will say the best. I don't know. I don't. Think, I don't think he's the best, but he's like he's he's in that he's he's in that conversation, right? He's really good, and the Packers are not going to get a chance to face him. So, again, I know we've you know talked about it before, Mark. We're not going to complain about the Packers not having to deal with a really tough no. part of the game plan. But he's he changes a lot. I mean, I, it's, it's almost kind of a, a wash. You know, Paul, I'll kick it to you next because 
Here you have the Packers. Devontae Adams is out. You assume they're going to lean a little bit more on Aaron Jones, among other things. But they're going to lean on Aaron Jones a little bit more. Drew Brees and the Saints don't have their top wide receiver. They're going to lean a little bit more on their running back, Alvin Kamara. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Kamara is going to see his fair share in the passing game as well. And to me, the biggest key of this game for the Packers defense is taking away the short. Because, I mean, we saw it on Monday night, and I'm not, like Mark said, I'm not here to um, say Drew Brees is done by any means. But the deep ball's been an issue for him. And mm-hmm. the Packers, if they can take away the short, easier passes and force him to, you know, the mid range, the deep balls, just and force him into that, I think that's what they have to do. Because you get a guy like Kamara in space. He's going to get his. He's going to get his yards. Uh, Jared Cook, their tight end. We all know that the Packers have struggled over the years against tight ends. So that's another player, and it's those short, easy completions that they have to take away from Breeze, so they don't dink and dunk their way down to the end zone because they will absolutely do that if they if the Packers give it to them. And so they have to be aggressive. And one player, you know, we know about Jair and um, Smith and all that. But I think one key player for this game is going to be Darnell Savage. He's someone that if afforded the ability to play closer to a line of of scrimmage against a Jared Cook, the tight end, or taking Kamara out of the backfield in passing situations. I think he's someone that can be be an X factor in this week's game. Yeah, that's a good point. And he's one, too, that's been kind of – we all wanted him to break out. We talked about him having a big year, too, and – He's come out and made some big plays. Now he's almost gotten a couple of, of, well, he did get the flag. He got the flag that led to the field goal at the end of the first half against the Vikings and been a little chippy this season. But, yeah, I mean, and think about this, too. In a normal world, with Michael Thomas out there, the Packers probably have to go more nickel. And as soon as you go nickel, it's Alvin Kamara day. I mean, you you know, and, and good luck defending that. But the Packers, if Kenny Clark doesn't play, that's going to be a huge loss, as always. But the Packers may have an opportunity to go, I won't say base, but maybe they can go a little bit bigger. Now, you're not going to get the same production from guys like Lancaster and Dean Lowry up front. You hope Christian Kirksey's ready to go. This this is a game where we don't know much about what Kamal Martin would have looked like in a, in a real pro game. He was having a good training camp, but... You know, where you kind of want that more versatile, dynamic guy next to Kirksey it's, uh, than Oren Burks, because Burks just hasn't proven to be that. Well, Burks won't play. He, he don't even play anymore. It's Chris Barnes. Yeah, and Bar- yeah, Barnes. I, you know, I shame on me for forgetting. Chris Barnes has, has been just a s- sneaky, really good player here. I mean, think about a, a similar situation, and don't look at the draft status or where they were picked or anything like that, but think about how... Desmond Bishop started showing us something in about 2008, 2009. He didn't get on the field, but in 2010, when he stepped in there for Nick Barnett, he turned out to be a really key part of that team and everything they achieved that season. Barnes, if he stays healthy and keeps playing the way he has, yeah, he's he's a big he's a big piece of that there for the Packers to try and and defend here and and this is going to be kind of a tough one i mean i know we don't normally do game picks but we're we're approaching about the 30 minute mark so because and the reason i ask you maybe what you guys think about the outcome of this game is because my opinion has has changed a little bit from what i i came into this week thinking and what i came into this season thinking about this particular game but mark do you see with 
with Adams and Thomas being out, does it change your thoughts on, on who you think likely wins this game? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Adams been without. I mean, Adams is bad enough. But the, like I said earlier, but if there was no Adams and everybody else was healthy, I thought I think they could overcome it, especially at Deguara. He's the kind of guy that, from what I saw in the, in the Raiders Saints game, kind of guy that could hurt the Saints. Well, looks like he's not going to play either. I'm not. The, I mean, Sternberger has been disappointing. I I loved him. You know, but it, it seems like he's just not quite ready maybe yet. I don't know. Um, I'm not the biggest Tanyan fan. I know some people are, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope he goes out and has a monster game, but I don't know. Um, and then Kenny Clark still bothers me on the other side. So um, I don't know. I think it's, I, this would be a win if, if they could go into New Orleans. And, and plus, I don't like loss either. I mean, I, they, they don't want to go to one and two. Um so I don't know. I, I I hate to say it, but I think I, I think the Saints find a way to win this one. Yeah, they're playing. They've got they they can't afford to lose, and you don't want to lose a, a tough conference matchup here because later in the season it could be the difference between them playing there in the postseason or playing at Lambeau Field. I should also mention I'm looking at the report here, and we didn't talk about these other two because there's no status listed on the I guess on the official website, but Teron Armstead, the tackle for the Saints, groin injury. He was limited in practice this week. And then Malcolm Brown, the defensive tackle, uh, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, limited on Friday. His status is not listed either. So I don't know if either of those two uh, make make a huge difference. But I did mention Zedarius and Preston Smith. And so if there's any any kind of opportunity on the offensive line there, and Rashawn Gary, any opportunity on the offensive line there to – get some pressure on Breeze. He's not mobile. He can't run around, so they can they can close that pocket on him pretty quickly. But, Paul, as far as the outcome of this one, are you in the same camp as Mark, or do you, do you have uh, a different take on how you think it's going to shape up? I am so incredibly torn on this game. So before the season started, I picked the Saints to win, uh, to beating the Packers. However, now, just seeing how the first two weeks have played out, like I said, I'm so incredibly torn. And I think I'm going to go with the Packers. I'm going with the hot hand. You know, if we look at some of the key matchups, obviously there's Adams and Thomas. They're both out. Jones and Kamara, you know, fairly similar players. On the defensive side, you got Zadarius Smith versus Cam Jordan. got Jair Alexander, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, there's a lot of great matchups that each of these teams have opposite sides of the – get where I'm going with this. Yep. I think the Packers are going to – I think they're going to do just enough. And from what I, I think, I don't think Drew Brees is the same player that he once was. You know, he's maybe end up pulling out some magic on me and making me eat my words. But I think that's going to end up being the biggest difference is the Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers is currently at versus where Drew Brees is at. And I think the Packers pull out a tough one. That would be, yeah, that, Listen, that I hope, yeah. I hope you're right and I'm wrong. I don't, I don't say I, I hope I'm wrong too often, but I, I'm saying I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I've kind of flipped from, uh, I picked the Packers to win this game and I was feeling pretty good coming into this week, but no Adams just, and being on the road just has me a little bit nervous. And I also fall prey and victim to my own look at the history of a matchup, which has nothing to do with today's game and the way it's played on the field. But Packers haven't won in this building since 1995. That was the last time they won in New Orleans. They've the Packers have actually played in three Super Bowls since the last time they won a game in, in against the Saints in New Orleans. They won the Super Bowl. They won Super Bowl thirty one in this building. 
but they but they, <laughs> they been, weren't playing the Saints. <laughs> they weren't playing the Saints. They were playing Bill Parcells and his and his Patriots and and they they got their big Super Bowl thirty one victory. But as far as playing the Saints in that building, haven't haven't won in twenty five years. So it's it's about time. Aaron Rodgers has also in the two games I can recall recently, oh eight and twenty fourteen. Didn't play real well. He, he had a hamstring injury in 2014 that kind of hampered him late in that game. That was also the game where they tried to throw to Julius Peppers on a surprise goal line pass, and Peppers dropped the ball. Rodgers almost threw a pick six. Yeah, I think that was the 2008 game, and the, re- the returners coming back, the, the corners coming back, and Rodgers just like well, levels him, absolutely levels him out of bounds at about the two-yard line. So if you are curious how much Aaron Rodgers cares that you don't get in the end zone on an interception that he has thrown, there's your answer. <laughs> at least it was back then. I don't know if it would be the same thing today. I don't know if he could catch that guy, but it's <laughs> it's the historical. So, yeah, I, I think I think the Saints being at home, they just they find a way to pull it out. But I do think over the course of this season – throughout the rest of this year because the Packers are obviously not going to they're not going to go undefeated but throughout the course of the rest of this year I do think even though they don't maybe win this game I think the Packers will still end up ahead of New Orleans in the end I just think over the course of a full season with what the Saints are doing and, and all the things that are happening I think the Packers will have a better result so they'll still get that game at home if it comes down to the Saints being that team in the postseason versus not but before we get out of here and send everybody on their way. Let's go around the horn as far as what is going on. It's, I know it's all game-related, but, Mark, what do we got going on over at Packer Report this week? Well, I just wrote a story um, that if the Packers do win this week and they get to the 3-0, and they're in pretty good shape. I, 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 uh, 16 times in the Packer history they've started a season 3-0. and Only once have they gone 3-0 and back-to-back years. And that was um, 65 and 66. Mm, wow. And both of those years turned out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they made the playoffs. They, well, when there was a playoff, I'm, I mean, they, they went 3-0 back in like 1920 something in 1941 when there wasn't playoffs. But they won, they won the league those years. Uh, the only time they've missed the postseason or, or weren't a champion was 1959, Lombardi's uh, first year. They started th- – that was a – that was a weird. That was a crazy year. I, I, they went. They started three and zero, then they lost five in a row, and then they won their last four. I mean, imagine that year. Imagine what a crazy year that, that must have been watching the Packers. You start off three and zero with a new coach. You think everything's great, then they lose five in a row. Oh, and four of those five losses were by double figures. So they get blown out four out of five mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Now you're thinking, oh man, this this coach isn't any good. Bad. It's bad. Then they win the last four. And three of those last four were by double figures that they won by. So it was like, what a crazy year that must have been, right? 1959. Yeah. That's the only year that they started 3-0 and that they didn't make the playoffs. So history tells you if they go 3-0, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they couldn't pick a lane that season, it sounds like. That that would have been kind of frustrating. That reminds me of some of those, like the the 80s Packers teams where they'd they'd win maybe eight games. Remember under Forrest Gregg, the old the joke was they're always 8-8. Eight and eight. Oh, that and was Bart Starr. And Bart, yeah. Well, Bart, every year was eight. eight. Well, maybe that was just a hangover narrative because when right. I got to, when I got to the Milwaukee area in what eighty three, eighty four, everyone was still saying like, "Oh, you'll see, the Packers are always I always go eight and eight. I just remember some a teacher telling me that. Well, then then after a while, you were hoping for eight and eight because they were going yeah. worse. They were <laughs> yeah. four and twelve, and yeah, all yeah. kinds of other. Eight and eight uh, would have been nice a couple of years. Under yeah. The, 
Yeah, it would have. <laughs> yes, it would have. It absolutely would have. And then, Paul, what do we got over at Dairyland Express and Game On? So on Sunday at Dairyland Express, I'll have my what to watch for. So matchups, players, just things that I'll have my eyes on going into the game. And then if you're looking for some reading on Friday at Dairyland Express, I post um, about Josiah DeGuara. It's only He's only playing one game, but in that one game against the Vikings, we saw why Matt LaFleur thought mm-hmm. that he had to have him. From his versatility to his blocking ability, and I know he only had one reception, but there were several designed plays for him in the passing game. And then also on Friday over at Cheesehead TV, not to look ahead, but the 2021 offseason, we know there's several big free agents that the Packers have. And it's already going to be a difficult decision on how to handle that for Goody and Russ Ball. But the way the, those players are playing, Bakhtiari, James Williams, King, um, Lindsley, that's the other guy, they're making a very difficult, an already difficult situation, even more difficult because they're all playing at very high levels right now. So I took a look into that. Yeah, hey, that's... hey I got to ask you, Paul. How did your bold predictions come out last week? One for three again. Yeah, I was right on... on... I was right on 40-plus points. Oh, that's a good one, though. Yeah, that's very, that was very bold. <laughs> What'd you miss on? Tell us what you missed on. What did I miss on? Oh, I went for Aaron Rodgers with over 350 passing yards. I thought he was going to yeah, well, torch that. guess what? If they didn't drop six passes, he might. <laughs> might have. <laughs> that's true. And then off the top of my head, I cannot remember the third. <laughs> but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. No, one for three. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, and I think you guys would agree. Bold predictions and all that stuff's great to be right and our game predictions and all, but at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is the Packers get a W and they win the game. So hopefully that is what happens on Sunday and Mark and I are eating a little bit of crow and Paul is saying, oh, I no, told you I'm so. Happy. Happy. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll, I, I will always gladly eat crow if it, if it turns out better than I thought. And I'm trying to get better at being such a wet blanket all the time. I think, I think I'm off to a better start this season than I have been in past seasons. So I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll chalk that up to uh, me. Game, getting... the thing with, again, I'm sorry, but the, the, the reason I, it's not even Devontae Adams. Like I said, it's more Kenny. I mean, I'm scared of Kamara. I'm scared of any running back against the Packers right, right now, because their run defense to me is still not, it's still not good. And, you know, they didn't, they haven't done anything to make it better. And they were lucky. Like I said they were lucky. The Lions decided to throw the ball all the time last week. The Saints. Sean Payton's a little smarter than uh, <laughs> Darren Bevel or whoever calls the plays for the Lions. Well, it also helps too when you're up two or three possessions. But they weren't. They were losing. The Lions had the lead and decided to start throwing the ball. Lions sure. were up fourteen ten, and they said, "Okay, let's let's throw the ball." Oh, that play action at the goal line was uh, just yeah. chef's kiss. It was a thing of beauty if you're a Packers fan, not if you're a Lions fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Lions just did stay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, listen, I'm happy. That, that, there's a reason they're, they're the Lions, you know? Right. There's a right. reason they, that they're the only NFC team that ever go to a Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's true. Very, very true. Well, off we go. The only thing left to do is watch the game. It's on national TV. Everyone will get a chance to see it. Sunday night, and hopefully we're talking about a Packers victory as we're previewing the following week, which is a Monday nighter against the Atlanta Falcons. So we will have, I guess, an extra day before that game uh, to talk about the injury updates and all that other good stuff. So we'll do it again next Saturday. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Everybody enjoy the game. Everyone stay safe out there. And as always, go Pack Go! (laughs) 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.